Hello and welcome back to the Nest and Inside the Eagles live show. Thank you guys very much for joining us on this Friday, January 26th. Uh, we got a lot to get to, so I'm going to bring uh, bring Jeff in. Jeff, how you doing today? Great, man, and yourself? I'm not doing too bad. I uh, uh, my my wife is out of town until tomorrow, so I've been I've been doing uh, I've been doing solo Jake uh, dinners all week. Um, How'd that work out? It's but you know okay. A lot of pizza, a lot of Chinese food. But, okay, so no, it's been it's been leftovers. All right, how how I, I so on? I think it was last Sunday we made like pulled barbecue chicken, mm-hmm. and I never froze it. And I've gotten a lot of I've gotten a lot of flack for eating something past four days that I didn't freeze. But I've just been going ham on it. Is is that? I feel like that's acceptable. It's not going to ruin my gut biome any more than it already is. I don't know if it's safe, but it's uh, <laughs> if it's working. Yeah. Ooh. It's what I'm doing. It's what we're. It's where we're at. I'm happy, man. Back home and everything. Missed a, what missed about a month of these. Lots happened since then. So it's a lot we, going on. So how do you, where do you where do you want to start? Where do you want to start with this? Because it was a big week. We finally had the uh, postseason press conference. We got a uh, a DC hiring. Where do you want to start? What the heck? Let's go press conference. Going okay. <laughs> did 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 you watch it? Yeah, I did. Okay. What were your biggest takeaways from the whole thing? Biggest takeaway for me, uh, the offense is no longer Nick Sirianni's offense. Correct. We have been told for years, this is my offense, this will always be my offense, and so on and so forth, and that apparently isn't the case anymore. So It is our Brian offense. Out. Yeah, Brian Johnson is out. Uh, Nick Sirianni's offense is no more. Maybe Love we'll see some motion now. Um I don't know how I feel about that. I'm glad that it's over. I'm glad that uh, I don't know. You know, some people are upset about Brian Johnson being dismissed and so on and so forth. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Do you? So I'm trying to think of a good way to go. Who do you? Who are you thinking as far as potential um, potential uh, offensive coordinators? Um, I, I was talking to Brandon, I think on Monday, and I threw out names. Uh, there's been some other ones that have been added to it since then, but I had Jim Bob Cooter, Frank Reich, and Jim Caldwell. Um, I know that uh, Kellen Moore got an interview, or did he? Did he have his interview? Uh, I know uh, uh, Cliff yeah, Kingsbury has, did. Uh, Dave, uh, yesterday, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know Cliff Kingsbury did, and they were. It was weird that they were oddly specific that it happened over Zoom. It's like who? who, who it's 2024. Why would it happen? Why would you fly a guy? Did you have any other ideas or anybody that you were thinking of other than those oh, like five? Those are the five guys you had. Was it uh... Jim Bob Cooter, Reich, Jim Caldwell, uh, and then Cliff Kingsbury and uh, uh, Kellen Moore? Those are some good options, actually. Uh, well, those are some good options, actually. Yeah, I had. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have. Uh, I didn't have Kingsbury. Well, he he just did his interview. I don't like it. that's that's miserable. If if it's if it's Cliff Kingsbury, all of the good vibes from hiring Frank Reich go out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not Frank Reich, uh, Vic Fangio. Um, I know people have thrown out Eric Bieniemy as well. He hasn't gotten a, a phone call or anything like that. Eric Bieniemy kind of took a step backwards with the Washington thing. I think that was his opportunity to prove that you know I can do this without any read, and I think people were unimpressed. He did say that he took a step backwards. He was playing with Sam Howell and in an absolute ass offensive line. Like I don't want to say he took a step back. It's like trying to build a uh, award win, like a, a sandcastle competition with I don't know a spoon. It's like not. Nah, that's not. 
I don't know if he took a step back. He just <laughs> his team played awful for the most part. For like, what was that like going up until like week eleven? He was like the most sacked quarterback on pace for like ninety sacks or something like that. And yeah. I don't, I don't want to say he took a step. I think he's he's still good. He just didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's the game, though. Unfortunately, they uh, that's the NFL. Like you got a bad offensive line, you got a quarterback who's probably not as good as you like him to be. Go make something happen anyway, and if you can do that, you'll get a job. Um, especially when you have some of the uh, maybe an undeserved reputation that uh, he got. Um, you know, riding Andy Reid's coattails and things of that nature. I tend to believe that you know he did more than a lot of people want to give him credit for. Oh, but yeah, yeah you're you right. saw how much you saw. It, I, I would say a bigger indictment on. Uh, 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 not an indictment, a bigger compliment to Eric Bieniemy is how awful the uh, Chiefs' offense was this year. I would I would say that that's more of a that's a bigger compliment to uh, to Eric Bieniemy than saying that he did bad in in Washington. He did bad in Washington with a bad team. I guess I'm still trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out how Cliff Kingsbury got into the running in the first place. Except unless we're talking about you know he did some great things with Kyler Murray and stuff like that. Uh, Kyler Murray hasn't looked. Well, maybe he has looked about the same, but this was by Kyler Mary, and you know, he has the history with Patrick Mahomes and stuff, made him into a top 10 pick in college. Yeah, in college. But the the issues that the issues that um, uh, he had with the Cardinals offense in 2022 were, I mean, I'm not saying the exact same as what the Eagles had last year, but they were pretty damn close. Yeah. They were they were pretty pretty close. I mean, they what did they have? They had uh, uh, Hollywood Brown and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I'm not saying it's a one for one comparison to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, but mm-hmm. it's not the worst comparison to make. Let me ask you this about Cliff Kingsbury though, because I just can't, <laughs> I just can't understand why he was. A, is Cliff Kingsbury better than Frank Reich? Is Cliff Kingsbury better than Frank Reich? Um, for Frank Reich didn't do much with you know. Carolina, and he was no, no, it, in Indianapolis and things of that nature. But well, you know, are you saying for the Eagles, like as it do? You, do I think who would be better or who is worse at their job? Like, um, as if we're going to talk about offensively and success and everything, if you remove Frank White from the Super Bowl, we're always going to love him for the Super Bowl and yeah. all of that. But if you take that away from him, is Frank Reich the past few years better than Cliff Kingsbury the past few years as far as like just offensive minds and putting those games together? Hmm. Oh, that's tough. Um, I would say I would say Cliff. That's a tough one because they're both bad. Yeah, uh, we're, talking about, we're talking about Frank who got fired twice in season. That's what I'm years. saying. It's hard to separate those two things. But he yeah. also got fired from a job with a with a rookie quarterback in another just absolutely terrible team twice. Yeah. Um, man, I, I I would I would almost have to say I would almost have to say Cliff is better than Frank Reich at least at being a head coach offensive coordinator i would say i would say it would be frank but head coach i i think yeah. objectively i think objectively cliff kingsbury is a better head coach than frank reich but i mean who knows brandon's idea brandon's idea was to uh have uh frank reich because i think frank reich is going to be part of this eagles offense next year i don't think it'll be a uh, oc uh brandon was saying that he could uh should come in as like a uh advisor or an assistant or something like that and i don't hate that i don't hate that mm-hmm. like don't make it Frank Reich using tools. Let Frank Reich be a tool to be used. Right. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't either. So to answer your question, let me think of some guys that I had mentioned earlier. Like I actually am on the on along the lines of let's go back and let's get some of these guys that 
you know, has success and things of that nature that the Philadelphia Eagles aren't going to pursue. But uh, what about Jim Caldwell? Somebody who made Joe Flacco into a Super Bowl MVP. Like, yeah, I threw that one on there. Yeah, has some experience with Peyton Manning. Has had some real nice showings getting the, the last of the playoffs with um, Matthew Stafford. Like, what about that guy? What about Byron Leftwich, who has some experience with Tom Brady? Like, where are those guys? Like, why are we not talking about them more? Yeah, that's what, and that's where that Frank Reich as an assistant came up because uh, I had Jim Caldwell on that list. And, uh, and Brandon said, Jim Caldwell, offensive coordinator, uh, Frank Reich as the uh, uh, assistant. So, yeah, I know I, I don't hate that. He kind of got a raw deal with the Lions in, uh, in 2017. Um, I mean, he's he was uh, he was quarterback coach for Peyton in, when they won the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, uh, and then he uh, led him to the Super Bowl and they lost to Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's he's definitely got a resume. Um, I'm not entirely sure how good his uh, his offense would look in in 2024, but I mean, there's there's other options. I mean, that's a that's a thing is that it's going to be running that person's offense. That, right. that was the thing that came out of that that press conference is that uh, it's the offensive coordinator coaches the offense, defensive coordinator coaches the defense. Nick Sirianni is just he's the CEO head coach is what yeah. that's what that's what his role is going to be. And I actually I do believe, I believe I believe that that is going to be true. I don't think that this is just them blowing smoke. I think that that is actually going to be because uh, uh, I, I I just I just wrote a thing I, I, I submitted to you maybe about an hour ago. Um, mm. P, uh, Pete Schrager uh, went on Pardon My Take and he was on uh, the one today and what he was talking about Cliff Kingsbury's uh, interview with the Eagles and I guess the selling point is that yeah you bring in your offense you bring in your guys and we're going to run that and see how it works. So mm. that that's what that's what this offense is going to be. I don't believe that Sirianni is going to have much of an influence on it as as he very 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 clearly and outspokenly had the past three years. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I guess to answer your question, Ian. So I was I was picking your brain a little bit and everything. I know it's been a while since we talked on here, but uh, um, internal hires maybe Marcus Brady, Eagles senior offensive assistant. Um, Alex Tanny is not somebody who's probably in the coaching wheelhouse now and somebody that's looking at being looked at, but I don't um, think they're going in house Looked at in the future. Um, I, and it won't, it won't be anybody in house as you know, yeah. but those options, um, just options I was thinking about during the week. Um, Zach Robinson, uh, Rams QB coach, passing coordinator. Okay. Uh, maybe Nick Kelly. From the Rams too, like pretty much everybody on that Rams staff. You think you think it could be a uh, you think it could be a McVay tree guy? Yeah, he also has got some uh, Bill Belichick experience too. So he was a uh, he was with New York, uh, New England, I think, from 2015 to 2022, okay. and um, interviewed for their offensive coordinator uh, position at one point. Um, then got turned down for somebody else. Shane Waldron in Seattle, um, impressive to see what he's done with Geno Smith and Drew Locke's resurgence in Geno Smith's absence. <laughs> Um, oh, okay, let's not let's not do. <laughs> Drew Locke played the Eagles defense. I don't want to call it a resurgence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a game, the for a game. And then Chad O'Shea, uh, Browns passing game mode coordinator, uh, okay. did some nice things with uh, with Joe Flacco towards the end of the season, which kind of oh, yeah. got him on a little bit of a hot streak. And um, one of the names I thought would be um, probably mentioned more would be Daryl Bevel, um, with the Miami Dolphins. Um, did some nice things as far as two is concerned. So yeah, I thought those guys would probably get looked at more. And I thought we'd probably go full blown Frank Reich love in Philadelphia, but um, 
Still got some interviews to do. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the Kellen Moore thing, to be honest with you. I, I, man, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I know that, like, he was so hyped up last year for for what was going on in in uh, in uh, Los Angeles for the Chargers, but it just ended up being just a whole bag of nothing. To be fair, he also had uh, like no receivers to work with or anything like that. But if you're talking about a guy who you want. I know the entire idea of of Justin Herbert is that he is good or he's going to be good or great. I I I, I don't get it, um, but I know that's that's the entire idea. And then just a whole just a bunch of nothing there. So I maybe maybe, but I don't I don't see it. I don't want somebody from the Cowboys. Yeah, it's like it, Justin Herbert has to be good at some point if they keep telling me he's good. Like yeah. you know, it's smarter people than me say he's good, but I just does not pass my eye test. Yeah, like yes, he throws a his his spiral. I would I would do filthy filthy things to that spiral, but it is I I just I I just don't I just don't see it. Maybe that offense is awful. I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, Kellen Kellen Moore, eh. I, I, it's one of those. It's one of those things where, like, I'm sure Cowboys fans would be like, "Oh my God, they kept Nick Sirianni and they have Kellen Moore. They're going to be garbage on offense." Like, mm-hmm. I'm. I, I think that's where, and I, I don't, I don't discredit that. I think a, a very good rule of thumb when talking about a team is do the opposite of what your rivals want you to do. And right. yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like, just the same way, we're like, "Oh my God, they kept Mike McCarthy. What a bunch of idiots. We're happy about that. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have done that." It's that kind of a thing. So right. Kellen Moore, eh. Yeah, makes sense. It's not 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 really a, a sexy move. No, not at all. So I guess other takeaways from the press conference. Uh we still believe in the Kobe Dean. Um, why? Does Man. it sound like <laughs> well I'm I'm among the fan base that probably would probably say that I don't want to call a guy a bust because he's hurt. But if he can't stay healthy. It's not good, but does that necessarily make him a bust, though? I uh, I would say, okay. So it didn't work out because he would couldn't stay healthy and he couldn't stay on the field. But I feel like bust implies that he had a shot to make it, and you know, it's just year three for Nicobe. Maybe we'll see something next year. I mean, we're just gonna keep saying that. We're just gonna keep saying that. And and under a Vic Fangio defense, buddy, he's gonna be putting his feet in the fire immediately. He is going to have a lot put on him right now if if it's his design to funnel guys back to those linebackers and if he can stay on the field he'll lead the team in tackles but that was kind of my prediction last year but two trips to the injury reserve that's going to kill that immediately it, yeah and wasn't he injured in the off season as well or no no oh yeah he got injured in that preseason game messing with him before the season started and then in that preseason game. Him on the, yeah then we had to get him on the field during the season and then there was a trip to the injury reserve and he was back for a game and there was another trip to the injury reserve. So, yeah. And I would, I would, I would consider, I would consider that a bust. Um, you, you bringing up busts, um, this time of year. I, uh, so this was a fun thing. I, uh, when I, I worked, I worked at Anheuser-Busch for two years. I was, I was in the, uh, I did the, uh, uh, logistics, and so I'm like at the headquarters and I'm like making calls and everything and like talking to the people that are in charge of warehouses uh, and distribution centers in uh, in New York. And um, the guy that I talked to every single morning um, was Curtis Enos. Uh, mm-hmm. Curtis Enos, notably one of the biggest draft draft busts in history. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, I, I, I didn't put two and two together until somebody I was like, holy crap, that's actually Curtis Enos. Um, so then I tweeted, uh, do I, I work, I talk to Curtis Enos every single day. Um, do I bring up uh, that he was one of the biggest draft busts in history? Uh, and then he both liked and retweeted that, uh, that tweet. Uh, and then I talked to him the next morning and Bruce nothing was Seattle ever the same. Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks guy? Bears. Bears, Bears, Bears. Right. Yep. <laughs> Not that was uh that was that was quite the embarrassing thing for me. Uh <laughs> and then continue to talk to him every single day. Like this is uh this is an awkward relationship. I can um, imagine. So the linebacker position is not going to be any better than it was um, because we're still talking about Nicobe and and, and um, I I hated the way that that in that in that in that like when when Howie's like no we value linebackers we like Nicobe Dean and Zach yeah, Cunningham we've been twice in that. six years when we went like, to the don't why are you saying like that's <laughs> that is so not true you've proven that that's not true dude like why why did you say that this is what I want to see man so we're twenty thousand twenty million excuse me under the salary cap. So you got some coin you can go spend. And if I'm not mistaken, moving on from Kevin Byer will save you 13 million. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna. I, I they should. I don't think they're gonna unless they can get like I like Jeremy Chin. Um, but yeah, with um Sidney Brown um with the ACL, I I don't know. But here's the thing though, man, like his dead cap space is basically nothing. Like He's he's due fourteen million next year, and cutting him will save you thirteen million. But who else? I mean, you you can't cut him until you bring somebody in, or draft somebody, and even that yeah, it would have to be an incredibly high draft. And and the reason the reason I, I if 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 anybody's watching who doesn't know the entire idea of a Vic Fangio defense is that it's built back to front, so safeties and linebackers uh, and nickel are the most important positions on the defense. So that's that's why that's why the safety situation and linebacker situation for the Eagles is it's a it's a big one. But we'll we'll get into the Vic Fangio uh, part of things. Yeah, because I'm not smelling what Vic is cooking. I that's that's crazy to me. I I love I love it. Uh, I don't love it. I think it's I think it's very good. I don't love it. I think it's very good though. Okay. Um, let's see anything else from this uh meeting i got uh how he wanted to beat his chest a little bit uh he got mad because nick was taking too many questions so he said i'll take this one <laughs> you think that's what that was i think he was bailing nick out I, how he got this little tyrant thing he, ever since chip threw him in that equipment room and he came out it's like how he just loves to beat the chest like every once in a while like i got his and he's got the short man punk complex going on Every opportunity I get to show y'all that you know I'm the vice president and I'm the general manager of this team, I need to take that and stuff. This is why this is why nobody will come here unless they're willing to be a puppet. Man, I I don't I I you think know, somehow I like Mike Vrabel. Like Mike Vrabel wasn't coming here, man. Like he, he wants to, he, Bill Belichick's not coming here, man. For what? So you so how we can phone down from the from the from the press box and tell you what you're supposed to be doing? It's yeah, not I, work. I I just I I, I read that as a uh, Nick was. Like, cause that's whole, that's Nick's whole thing. He's, ter he's terrible in press conferences from day one. Like he's not, he's just not good. I, I took that as more of a, uh, how bailing Nick out of a, of, uh, some questions that were, he was just getting barraged. Um, and then, and then Howie, obviously, and very clearly, very, very clearly the reason that they're keeping Nick is because of the record. Very like, absolutely. absolutely. there's no other reason other than the record. And absolutely. he was, he was pretty Pretty clear Jeffrey, about that. Jeffrey Lurie does not like to be embarrassed and stuff, but how do you go to 
you become David Tepper almost. Like, oh, don't say that. That's so mean. How do, you, how do you how do you sell this team on? Now, everybody already knows you have no power. Everybody already knows you have to do everything that Jeffrey and and how we want you to do. And now I'm in danger of being fired when I'm winning 66% of the games. I've taken to the to the playoffs three consecutive years, and I've taken to a Super Bowl appearance. Uh-oh. We're firing that guy. And you know how many owners would love to have that? I, 66% winning percentage, three straight playoff appearances and stuff. Look at Brandon Staley. We wanted Brandon Staley. <laughs> what did he do? We wanted Brandon Staley, and we wanted, uh, we wanted Robert Sala. That's who Eagles fans wanted. And at one point, they wanted Arthur Smith. We end up with Nick Sirianni. We get three straight playoff appearances. We get a Super Bowl appearance last season, and we begin this season with a ten and one record. And this guy's won sixty six percent of his games. It's a Philly is great, and there are only thirty two head coaching jobs in the world as far as the NFL is concerned. But I'm, I'm feeling like you're almost painted into a corner where you have to give Nick a second chance. But I might be feeling a little bit better with it, knowing that we're doing so. With two offensive, two new coordinators who have actually yeah. solved the game before, because I never understood what the whole purpose was of we're gonna try to run this back with two guys who have never called plays on their respective sides of the ball. That's what we're gonna do, and we're gonna get back to the Super Bowl. Didn't work. So I got yeah. a question. You. So how about this? Am I am I crazy to think this? Did Nick Sirianni's offense just run out of gas, and then people catch up to him? Or was there really nothing wrong with the offense in the first place? Because it seemed to look good when Shane Steichen took over. It looked good last year. Well, that's because Nick didn't do anything in the offseason. Nick, Nick, like he's 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 said, what, what was I can't remember what the exact quote was, but his whole thing was, "We're not putting new wrinkles in. We're trying to do yeah. what we do, but do it better." It's like, right. well, so buddy, the, you, so you can't. Was defense, decent. It just didn't evolve, and that's what killed us. Yeah, yeah, no, because everybody else, and I've said this, everybody else spends their offseason, especially after the 2022 season, especially after that, with how explosive the Eagles offensive uh, offense was. The other teams looked at that. They studied that. They're like, what can we take from this offense and we can use? And what can we do to stop that offense? And Nick said, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. We're just going to stick with the meat and potatoes and never change. We're just going to cook it better. And turns out that's not how that's not how it works. Like other people are going if, if other people spend uh, the, what, uh, eight months finding out how to beat your offense and you're just like, we're going to keep doing this offense, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, that in my opinion, that's what happened. And I, I feel like I feel like that's right. Of course, yeah, I'm biased. It's mine. But I don't know. And that would be that would be kind of like that first half of the question I, I asked you, was this offense good? And then it just died because there was no evolution and things of that nature. Maybe people caught up with them because. Yeah. Same offense was called by Shane Steichen since this was supposed to be Nick's offense forever as long as he was here. It looked decent in 2020. They did some nice things with Jalen Hurts, but it was really run heavy. And then it evolved to some extent, and Jalen Hurts became a near-MVP candidate. I think he should have won it. Then all of a sudden it falls apart, and the only difference is the guy calling the plays now. So so I brought this up. He screen passes on Brian Johnson. (laughs) I, I brought this up to Brandon. I brought this up to Brandon. So in 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 the press conferences during the season, Sirianni, his whole thing was he kept saying, "This is my offense. This is mm-hmm. my offense. All of it should come. To, all of the blame should come to me." Mm-hmm. Do you think he was saying that as "This is my offense. All the blame should come to me," or do you think he was saying it like Brian Johnson was had a different idea for it, and he was saying, "No, no, no. This is mine. 
I don't want him to have his fingerprints on it. I want this to be my offense. Like, do you think he was, you think he was trying to take the buck for, for everything going wrong? Or do you think he was trying to be like, no, my offense works and Brian Johnson's doing something different. I don't think he would intentionally. Now, Nick has a tendency to slip up with his words from time to time, as you know. I don't think Nick would have intentionally throw Brian Johnson on the bus because I personally don't believe Nick wanted to fire Brian Brian Johnson. I, I, Nick's very loyal to his guys. Yeah. That's one thing. So, intentionally throw him on the but maybe indirectly that's very nick like <laughs> well that's that's what i'm saying i don't think this was a a direct shot at brian johnson i think that's right. why he said what he said so it could have been saying, this is mine where it can be interpreted probably initially, yeah so probably a slip up there somewhere but his initial intention was probably to cover for him a la the aj brown Jim that's Hurst what i'm thinking yeah, yeah. Um, that was my, my other, um, and you, you brought this up. You can't with the, uh, uh, you're a puppet for them. I think that that's mostly true. I don't think it's, uh, with Nick being a puppet for, uh, 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 Jeffrey and Howard and, and Howie very clearly it was Nick's idea to, to demote Sean Desai. Like that's true. Uh, Howie, like in, in how he confirmed it, that Nick came to Howie and said, we got to do this. I, I, I think that a lot of times, a lot of times, yeah, he he does exactly what uh, 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 Jeff Lurie and, and Howie Roseman want him to do. But I, I mean, that was that takes a lot because that's a big decision to make. And that mm-hmm. if 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 you told me when it happened, this is a, a Howie Roseman Jeffrey Lurie uh, John that they were doing uh, getting rid of uh, 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 getting rid of Sean Desai. I would say yeah, that's right. But the more and more time has passed, the, it's very very clear that it, that was a Nick, that was a Nick thing. So I think for the most part, you're right with the, with him being a puppet for them, but I, I, man, there's some things where Nick does it. And it's like, this is a dumb move, stupid. Yeah. Or he could be the fall guy. Because even, if, even if he, even if there are situations where he can go to Howie and say, Howie, this is what I want. If Howie and Jeffrey don't want that, it's not going to happen anyway. Well, yeah, but he also, I mean, you can, given what they've said repeatedly, you got to think, and I don't, for Nick to be a fall guy for Howie, for Howie to be like, yeah, Nick is my fall guy. I, I don't, I, I think that that was purely a Nick thing Could and it was dumb. Yeah. It, it was, was dumb. And if you want to start with like coach fire, I don't think you fired Nick for the collapse unless the situation was he totally lost the team. And the players, when you hear them talk, I always think about what guys say about other guys and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, to me, it's your opinion is always as valuable as your knowledge of the subject. If <laughs> we can say the players don't believe in Nick, but if the players are telling me they believe in Nick, I have to believe what the players say. Man, he absolutely that 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 stretch, that historical fall, absolutely is a reason for him to get fired. And I was on the fire Nick Sirianni train, and that's why when they were doing that locker cleanout, and Fletch and Jason Kelsey were were like doing these glowing reviews of Nick. I was like, why? Why can you guys not be on my side? Why do you guys have to be on Nick's side? It would be so much easier if everybody's like, yeah, Nick sucks. I'm gonna take you a little bit ahead of that. If there is a reason to fire Nick, I wouldn't go collapse. I would say the decision to replace. <laughs> well, yeah, that falls in line. With the Sean Desai. You replace Sean Desai with Matt Patricia, who we've seen nothing from. Right. Yeah. We one... put Matt Patricia in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl the, it, that it, was it, Matt Patricia's defense. Scored a disc, scored what? 43 points on him. Yeah, it's disgusting. 
he didn't. He showed me nothing in Detroit. I've seen nothing about Matt Patricia that shows me he's a brilliant defensive coordinator. Or oh, he, I disagree. I think he showed that he's an absolute idiot in Detroit. I think I think he showed I think he showed the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's what that's what that collapse was. It was uh, the Cowboys and the 49ers knocked out a pillar of the defense, and then Nick Sirianni went to replace it with a toothpick. Like it was. Yeah, if, this team, if this team gave up on Nick Sirianni and the collapse happens. Yeah, absolutely. We need to start talking about changes and things in nature because now you lost a locker room. Yeah, and this is going to be one of these things where in 10 years when these guys aren't in the league anymore, we'll finally find out about what the hell actually happened here because this is it's it's crazy that that this entire thing happened. Yeah, if it takes 10 years. Yeah, if that. Um well, yeah, I mean, how long did it take for uh uh, uh Deshaun Jackson to uh uh come uh, just absolutely start railing on Chip Kelly? Oh, yeah. But that's a, I guess they hated that's each other. <laughs> yeah, that's... Chip, Chip gave us Jeff Stoutland, and I can't think of anything Chip did that was notable that I care about. He got Darren Sproles here. He did that. Yeah. He brought in Jeff Stoutland. All the draft picks, for the most part, when we cared about the draft picks, Lane Johnson was a Howie Roseman pick. So was Zach Ertz. He drafted Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> 2012 was fun. In the first round. Yeah, it was decent. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun yeah, change. Well, we well, we like we missed the playoffs after a collapse that season too, right? Uh, would that have been what 2015? That would have been like or 2014. Twenty. Or yeah, it was t- 2013 was his first 2013 year. We made the playoffs. 2014, because that, that was Andy's guys. Then 2014, we started off hot and we ended up beating Dallas in Dallas on Thanksgiving, and then there was the collapse there. We lost to Washington. And then, and then, twenty fifteen was was the year he got fired. And everything fell apart, and he got fired with a game to go. Yeah, yeah. He did so, nothing. He traded yeah. Lashawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso. Don't say that out loud. You keep that to yourself. I was excited about the Darren Sproles thing, but I wanted to see Darren Sproles with Deshaun Jackson and everybody else, and then Deshaun left. And then Howie to endear himself back to us to kind of some get back at Chip for throwing me in that equipment room for, for all that season. He went and. He went and disrobed everything Chip did and kind of rewrote everything, traded away all the guys Chip got, tried to get the guys back that we love. Went and got Deshaun back eventually. Yeah. So it's just better off better a better mental health, better better mental plays to just not pay attention to those those years. Yeah. Except for Nick Foles. Pay attention to that because that was good. Um okay. Yeah. Um crazy but though, but uh, I guess to close out this season in impressive thing, man, it was uh it was informative. I learned a lot, and I learned nothing at the same time. The, the it, it was very telling that they were very, very clear because it, it was a t- complete change of tune, them saying, because they said this offense was stale. I think Nick Sirianni said it like 12 times or something like that. They just kept mm-hmm. calling the offense stale, and they would not touch anything around that that term in uh, in during the, uh, during the season. And I know Kevin Petullo will be back because he kept mentioning That's Kevin Petullo. <laughs> yep. That's Nick's boy. Yeah, um, but yeah, so there's that. The other news came out this week. Uh, defensive coordinator Vic Fangio kind of expected that to happen as soon as he parted ways with Miami. Yeah, as soon as he parted ways with my, and that was actually the thing is that, that during the press conference was when uh, uh, Miami said that uh, uh, they got rid of Vic Fangio. And along the lines of uh, things that if, if uh, fans are not happy with something, then it's probably a good thing for you. Miami fans 
not happy about Vic Fangio leaving. You are not a Vic Fangio guy, and I'm very curious as to why. I respect him. I think this is one of those things, man, where it's like the Philadelphia Eagles used to be a team that got off guys a year too early. We moved off Deuce Staley. We were hurt by that and everything, but eventually that ended up being the right decision. He had a year left. They moved off Brian Dawkins, which I still I still dispute to this day, but they moved off guys a year early as opposed to moving off years guys too late. Okay. Some way that changed. Deshaun Jackson got locked in the contracts. Alshon Jeffrey here's too long. Nelson Aguilar is here too long. And if you ask him what in the hell does it have to do with Vic Fangio, to me is this. Vic, I would have loved the Vic Fangio hire two years ago. I would have loved it last year. But when I think about Vic Fangio, I think about a defense that has all these different disciples and all these trees and all these roots from this, this tree that he built. And I'm not impressed with what I see league-wide. Like, he's going to do – it's going to do what it's going to do. It's not blitz-heavy. Eagles fans are going to hate that by week five because we're not blitzing enough. It's going to look a lot like what Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon did. It's going to rack up a lot of sacks, which we're going to love. It's going to be a lot of umbrella coverage, where we're not going to love. It's going to be void of the blitz for most of the part. And it's going to give up a lot of points to better quarterbacks. He got torched by Baltimore. <laughs> he got torched by Buffalo. And I think the average is 31 points per game given up to playoff teams. 32.8. Is that right? 32, yeah. So my thing is, it's it's gotten a little stale. And like we're talking about this Nick Sirianni offense that didn't evolve, it seems to be the same thing with the Fangio scheme. Like, it's one thing if you have to prepare for this guy every so often or twice a year and everything. But when you see this against Miami and then you see this in Arizona and you see this like all over the league, We've got these these huge snapshots of what it's supposed to look like. And don't forget, this was the guy that was brought in for the Super Bowl to help us beat Kansas City. How did that go? I think Vic is he's a Pennsylvania guy. Does is admitted he doesn't want to be a head coach anymore, which used yep. to be something he wanted to do. It's one last paycheck before we run off into the sunset. I okay, so so to go to the the points against uh against playoff teams. Um, so, uh, the, the playoff teams that they played this year, uh, in season, they played the bills, they played the Eagles, they played the chiefs, they played the Cowboys, they played the Ravens and they played the bills again. Um, in the first bills or in the first bills game in week four, they did not have a complete offense. They had, uh, they did not have Jalen Ramsey. Cause I, okay. I should preface this by saying I like Vic Fangio. I think that he raises the floor of a defense, like the floor that we absolutely saw, I mean, drop out from underneath of us last year. This is going to be an incredible improvement for us. I'm with it. To talk me into it, I want to believe it's going to work. <laughs> so my, my, main, my main theory, average defense can win you a Super Bowl. That is the basis of, my, of, of assessing a defense. An average defense can win you a Super Bowl. That's what we saw last year when the Chiefs beat the Eagles. An average defense can win you a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in week four, they played the bills, lost 48 to 20. That was off them coming off the 70 to 20 win against the, uh, uh, against the, uh, uh, the Broncos, mm-hmm. um, that was without, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, mm-hmm. and I think they had a few other pieces that were missing there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on, and just the entire general theme of the, uh, um, Dolphins defensive season is that they didn't have all their pieces mm-hmm. now. That's not entirely different than what this Eagles defense is currently. 
I my my question with this with this Fangio scheme in Philly currently is that and Brandon brought this up and it's kind of been living in my head uh, like two to three times a day, if not more. I don't know if the Eagles have the the personnel for a Vangio, a Vangio scheme. For a Vangio scheme. I don't mm-hmm. think that they have the personnel for a Jonathan Gannon version of the Fangio scheme. I think that if you have not just like the roots, yes, getting a person like that, like a Sean Desai's a Vangio guy, uh, uh, Jonathan Gannon was. There's a difference between having the roots and having the the guy. I think that the guy can use the Eagles' lack of of kind of talent to be able to kind of twist things and change things around. And then all you're also just having a leader on defense. Whereas mm-hmm. Sean Desai, uh, maybe he got fired because he couldn't communicate clearly. Very clearly, that was the issue. Matt Patricia couldn't communicate clearly. Having the guy is going to be is going to be huge. So. I think that he'll be able to to be able to twist and tweak things with this Eagles defense in a potential lack of talent that'll be able to uh, to kind of uh, out outdo that. Um, but to go back to it, uh, Bills they uh, they let up a uh, uh, forty eight points. Yes, not good. Um, and then it went a kind of a, a streak of games. They lost to the Chiefs their first time playing them. Um, uh, the other time was in the postseason, uh, twenty one to fourteen. Uh, and then their last two games, the, the reason that that number got ramped up to that average got ramped up above uh, 30 points per game against uh, playoff teams is because they have 56 points against the Ravens when they were absolutely decimated on defense. And then uh, they lost 21 to 14 to the Bills in week 18. So the thir- over 30 points per game to playoff teams is it kind of it. Yeah, it happened. And you can't say it didn't happen, but that number got shot up by a couple of outliers on an already small sample size, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You're not wrong. You're not wrong to say that it can get torched by good by good quarterbacks. That's what happened to them. My worry is, and you're right, you don't need spectacular defense to win. You just need to be average. But aren't we kind of sick of that in Philly? We've talked this guy up like he's the genius, like he's the godfather of like this modern NFL defense and things of that nature. As soon as he comes to Philadelphia and they give up 28 points, as soon as this team gives up a two minute first downs, the fan base is going to erupt and stuff. So if we're bringing this guy in and stuff, it was supposed to be to, to knock this thing down to like get, keep these teams under 20 from time to time. Like give me some 17 point outputs by the other squad and stuff. And I'm worried. I'm I. Old. I get that, and I think that a angry fan base can get to a defensive coordinator. I don't think an angry fan base can get to Vic effing Fangio. The guy, the guy is a raisin. The guy is a, a, a he's a wrinkled old curmudgeon, just a hard ass. I, I, that's how I want my my defensive coordinator. I don't think that kind of stuff's going to get to him. A guy, that guy, the guy's been a defensive coach for. A billion years. The guy, nothing's gonna phase that guy. He's I don't, got some legends on the resume. Like, I went back looking for guys that say something nice about him because everybody was still talking about how negative the output was and stuff. I had to go back to Patrick Willis. It's like, Coach Patrick Willis. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Willis, uh, uh, Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack. I mean, he. I. I think that there are more people that are that would speak highly of him. I mean, again, it happened a while ago, but that Bears defense was nails. And so you said uh, so. What was what were you saying is missing from the Eagles defense that he needs? 
Oh, uh, that... linebacker. Uh, number one, a linebacker. Linebackers in a uh, in a in a Fangio defense because a lot of it, uh, whether it be a, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a base three four is what he does with the two high safeties. Um, but that the the linebacker often because they a lot of times they they uh, um, kind of show it as like a uh, there's like depending on the coverages they'll show it like a, a five one or something like that with just the the one linebacker. The guy has a lot on his plate. They have to be able to move around a lot. Like sounds like you don't believe in the Kobe Dean and you're not bringing Zach Cunningham in. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, for the value, Zach Cunningham, I do like Zach Cunningham. I think Zach Cunningham was one of the one of one of like the th- maybe three guys that outperformed or that overperformed this year. Mm-hmm. The the Zach Cunningham, there was absolutely nothing for him in 2023. Nobody had any belief in him, and he played well when he played. Uh, the other two, I would say, uh, Sidney Brown overperformed, and uh, but I'm biased on that because I love Sidney Brown, and then also uh, Fletch, and maybe yeah. Jalen Carter, but we already kind of had hopes for Jalen Carter. The the old guys were playing hard and everything. Like the defense, you're right. The defense needs to be tool, retooled and stuff, and yeah. he's going to need some weapons and stuff because it's one thing to be old, it's one thing to be slow, and Eagles are all that they're old and they're slow. Oh yeah. That's got to change in the offseason. So it's got to it, some work needs to be done and stuff. But yeah, I mean, the entire secondary, aside from Reed Blankenship, is going to need retooling. How much faith do you have in in uh, in Slay? You have zero faith in James Bradbury. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, with uh, uh, the other safety. Um, Nickel, uh, you can't trust Avante Maddox. Number one, he played like garbage at the end of the season. And number two, he's going to get hurt. Zach McPherson, yeah, he'll come back because he had his Achilles uh, in the preseason. But I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to happen on that defense. But again, I think if you have a lack of, if you're prepared to have that lack of talent, I think that Vic Fangio has the kind of mind that will be able to uh, uh, to kind of mask um, how how poorly guys have the potential of playing. If that makes sense, you're talking me into it. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I mean, so, but again, it just it it's it's just a it's it, it's a floor raiser is what it is. It's it's just a floor raiser. What do you say to the argument that this is a very, for lack of a better term, sensitive team with sensitive guys who don't like to be coached hard? I could name a name or two. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you already know what they are. I don't want to call them out publicly and stuff, but there's some there's at least two guys we know of who are captains on this team. That despise criticism and will take themselves to social media and fire back at criticism whenever criticism happens. Yeah, but they're also- Matt Patricia because Matt Patricia once criticized them in front of people. So my thing is the old gruff guy because when we started finding these complimentary people, like you said, there are people who will be complimentary towards Vic Fangio. A lot of those guys are old school. Patrick Willis is old school. Yeah, so is Khalil Mack and stuff. But to bring him to an Eagles locker room where we have. Anonymous sources. <laughs> as soon as we lose two games, uh, Eagles locker room where guys fire back at legends because the legend criticized them, and I got my feelings hurt. Like, what happens the first time Vic Fangio holds somebody accountable and things of that nature? Do we lose the locker room then? I, I, no, I, I would hope not. I would hope not. I definitely think that there's a possibility. 
Mm-hmm. So obviously, we have no idea what's what's actually going on in that in that locker room. Um, I mean, we don't know what we don't know. Um, but I would, given how this season went, I think that those I think they've been torn down. I think the people, I think the guys that are the older guys in that locker room have been torn down. They've been through it. I mean, depending on, depending on the person they've been through 2020 season, they've been through four eleven and one. Um, I, I don't think so. I, I think it kind of depends on, on what the messaging is. Um, like if, if you're, if you're just tearing somebody down to tear them down, like a, like a, a, a chip Kelly could and would, um, I, I think that's one thing, but like, it's and it's it's not like if if Sean Desai tore you down. Obviously, he's not the kind of guy to do that. Where you're like, who the hell is this guy? Like, I'm a I'm a goddamn millionaire. Who the hell are you? Like, mm-hmm. it's I feel like the name Vic Fangio sticks with people. Like, that's a kind of guy that you would want. Jeff Stoutland, notably a guy who will lay into uh lay into um uh rookies. Like, you have to earn Jeff Stoutland's respect. Mm-hmm. Like, I I I I feel like a, a defense. A, and if the defense is good, they'll be able to they'll be able to deal with that. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was a complete thought that I had. Like if 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 they're able to deal with that, the defense will be able to to deal with Vic Fangio laying into you. The defense will be good. If the if you can't, then it's it's going to show really bad. And that yeah, I guess, it's, I guess uh, it's not. I, I think I think they should be able to handle it. It's a different league now. Guys can barely tackle. Guys are soft. They want players, coaches. They don't. Want I don't to think tackling soft. will be an issue. I think if anything, I think that we're going to see a uh, a different. Um, I don't think that we're going to have the um, uh, optional uh, training camp. I think that I think that that'll be. I think that we're going to have like that won't be a thing like it was last year. Um, I think that we'll have more physical. We saw it when when the Eagles had trouble with tackling. They would stop doing their walkthroughs on Wednesdays, and w- they would actually start doing padded practices on Wednesdays. I think that I think that Vic Fangio is the kind of no nonsense, no BS kind of guy. Where if if uh, uh, Nick's new position is the CEO of the team of uh, like the CEO type head coach, I think that Vic Fangio is going to be like, no, 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 that's a load of crap. We're going to we're going to practice hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that'll pay off because that tackling cannot be like that, or the lack of tackling can't be like that. Hopefully, the name wins them over and stuff. But it's like this team needs to be toughened up, man. And it's just a, it's just a league now where guys want players, coaches, and they don't want to be coached hard. They don't want to be criticized. And and as soon as we criticize, we go to Twitter and stuff. Yeah, but I'm trying to find like anonymous sources. Like I'm so I'm and I I don't want to throw any dots at people and be totally wrong about this and stuff, but. Maybe it's just as simple as getting rid of some bad apples in the locker room. Maybe. I'm but not, I but I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know who you could consider a, a bad apple would be. Like when, when people were coming out with like the anonymous sources and stuff, it was stuff that everybody was already saying. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were breaking new ground when when Obviously, it was AJ Brown who said uh, that the uh, the the routes and everything like the, like they weren't like creative enough. Whenever whatever that like like week like thirteen or something like that. It's like yeah, man, we've been saying this. This is what we've been saying the entire time. It wasn't like he came out with some groundbreaking information. It's, mm-hmm. he, he was almost like an echo chamber to it. Yeah. yeah. And then Sl- Slay is not Slay is <laughs> Slay's just gonna shoot back at people on Twitter. That's just who he is. Yeah. He he has to re earn the name Big Play after after what the hell we just saw. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, bottom line, I'm in on Vic Fangio. I'm 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 much more in on Vic Fangio on as a defense. I'm probably as in on Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator as I have been since Jim Schwartz. You like and, Jim Schwartz? Oh, I love Jim Schwartz. I love Jim Schwartz. J- Jim Schwartz, all or nothing. Love that. Love yeah. that. That yeah. was that, that was great. Great defensive mind and stuff. And maybe it was the same situation. He didn't have the horses because that, yeah. that was a 2000. That was after 2000. So we're talking about a, a 2018, 2019 team that just, just got hurt. Like, and just, yeah, <laughs> just looked ugly. And then we started putting practice squad guys out there and stuff. It was like, yeah, he probably didn't have enough. And, um, but there are times when I sometimes, and it could be erroneous in doing this, there are times when I blame Jim Schwartz for the lack of linebackers here. He didn't like him either. I don't uh, – that was kind of – players and all that stuff. <laughs> that was kind of in the middle of how we getting his, getting his, uh, getting his groove back, though. Yeah. So that was like, yeah, I come out of the – like you said, came out of the uh, uh, custodian's uh, closet – and he's like, I'm going to make some moves now. So I I don't want to blame. I mean, I just and the kind of the odd thing about that is that Jim Schwartz and Vic Fangio are run two polar opposite defenses. Yeah. Oh, I hope it works, man. I hope it works because I'm nervous. Like, I got Angelo Cataldi, who I, you know, I think he's a little crazy from time to time. But a little bit. Angelo says some stuff sometimes, man. And Angelo says his team ain't making the playoffs. I'm like. Guys, watch a whole lot more Eagles football than I have. And I don't like what I saw last year. And I know the coach is back. And I think Nick, I'll say it, I think Nick is a better head coach than a lot of people give him credit for. There are times when I don't know what he's good at, but the overall picture of what makes a head coach, he's not a defensive mind. So we know he's not here because he's the defensive genius. His offense worked for a little while, but he didn't evolve. Maybe this is the thing that shakes Nick and gets him back focused and stuff. And maybe I mean, he definitely got humbled. Yeah, he definitely got humbled. Um, yeah, I mean, what, and, that's what his team did to Doug Peterson. We gave him Jim Schwartz. That's why Jim Schwartz was here. Like, yeah. you're the head coach, but we want to have a guy here <laughs> that you know doesn't necessarily have to answer to you. Right. Yeah, and I think that the way again, the way that they said it, where head coach or offensive coordinators in charge of the offense, defensive coordinators in charge of the defense. Nick Sirianni's the uh, uh, his job is to be the head coach. I I don't I, I've seen people knocking the CEO head coach idea. Two of them made the uh, are playing on 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 Sunday. Two of them. You got uh, uh, John Harbaugh and and Dan Campbell are two CEO head coaches. Mike Tomlin, CEO head coach. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, to to say an uh, uh, offensive head coach who doesn't call plays sucks because. Uh, like you're just going to have the offensive coordinators, uh, scooting through everybody's ha- there's the, there hasn't, every team has had offensive coach turnover since 2022. Like it, that's just, that's just how that happens now. Are you worried that this team may find some difficulty in finding a great offensive coordinator? Because somebody has to come to this team knowing that this is my offense, but my success here. And possibly my ability to get a head coaching job rests on whether or not Nick Sirianni is successful. I don't know. I don't say it would be based on whether Nick Sirianni is successful. I think Jalen Hurts is going to make a lot of people a lot of money. He made Shane Steichen a lot of money. He's he's going to get people hired. I I think it, I I would I would put that I would put an offensive coordinator success more on more on uh, uh, Jalen's hands than than Nick Sirianni's hands. 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and they mentioned Jalen going back to uh, the press conference thing. Jalen was talked about a little bit and stuff. Did yeah. he? Why didn't he? Why didn't he argue for Brian Johnson? That's supposed to be his guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Apparently they went to Jalen, and we talk about everything, and Brian Johnson got fired anyway. Well, Jalen's whole thing, and I—I I mean, it's a little bit naive of him to say it like this. His whole thing is coaches, coach, players play. So, I mean, he—I think he diminishes the value of 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 his word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was also weird in the press conference where, like, oh, uh, we didn't—he's uh, twenty-five years old. He shouldn't be making these. But, buddy, you paid him. You you can't you can't say that he's tw- everybody on the team is twenty five years old. What are you talking about? You can't use you can't act like you're shielding your baby. Yeah. That was bizarre. That was a bizarre excuse that they had for for not asking I for Jalen. Man, I was sitting here like uh, they talked to Jalen about Brian Johnson. How loyal was he to Brian Johnson? But yeah, was- on on the other on the other side of that, Brian Johnson um, did try to recruit Jalen and right. uh, to, to Florida. Didn't yeah. happen. Brian Johnson tried to recruit recruit Jalen to Florida again after he last, left Alabama. Didn't happen. He went to Bama and uh, went to Oklahoma. Like, so maybe we overstate the tightness between these two people. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on being a family friend. My dad's got my dad's got friends who I think are assholes. Like, yeah, yeah. just because you know him for a long time doesn't mean you like him. Yeah. How do you think about the job Jalen did? And do you uh, think he can bounce back? Say that again. How do you think about what do you think about the job Jalen did this year? And do you think he can bounce back from the issues we talked about? Um, I think he'll be able to bounce back. Um, as far as the job that he did, it's he didn't do a fifty million dollar a year quarterback job. If he if he did if he had this year after twenty twenty one, I would be happy with it. But if he had this year after last year, and it puts a huge blemish on it. Well, fortunately, he's not the fifty million dollar quarterback until this year. Yeah, 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 he, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the thing. Yeah, it, for 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 what for what the contract was and and everything like that, he did not play that way. And I, I feel like that's a pretty good that's a pretty good bottom line there. Um, yeah, he had moments. Yeah, he had some of his best passing games of his career uh, this year. But uh, against specifically Washington, I believe maybe it was the second Washington game. He had the best passing game of his career. It's like, yeah, he had bright spots, but also who knows what was being asked of him. Yeah. Corinna was all over the place. And then he's handcuffed by a stale offense to some extent. Stale offense. I trust trust Jalen because Jalen is that guy that we, we've talked to, we've doubted Jalen before. Like, why is he here? Can he throw? And every time we've doubted him, he's come back and he's, you know, made believers out of us and stuff. And this is now Jalen dealing with adversity and, from what I've seen, because he is 25 and perhaps one of the most mature 25-year-olds I've ever seen, I think he will put balls to the wall, get in the film room, study, and I think he can bounce back and stuff. But he's going to need a better mind, you know, leading him and guiding him and things of that nature. Than, than Alex Tanny? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Alex Tanny, to be honest. They're with all you. gone. I think that I think I think I think uh, if if there's one person on the uh, yeah I mean it's it's uh, Jeff Stoutland. Stoutland's back. Patulo's back because we kept talking about him. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say Alex is back, and only for the reason that we always kept talking about consistency consistency with him, and the the fact that Shane Steichen for two years was the first time he had some consistency at the offensive coordinator position. So you think that that could be the level of consistency that they do? That might be the level of consistency we see bringing back his quarterbacks coach, which. Nobody seems to be complaining about, but we'll I would, 
I like I, the Mike Caldwell thing. The the new he's probably gonna get that linebacker coach job, which probably means DJ Elliott's gone. That's yeah. Um, but this is this is his third stint with Philadelphia. Former linebacker. Um, Mike, Mike Caldwell was one of, actually one of the guys that I had as a potential defensive coordinator. So if you yeah. get Mike Caldwell to be a linebackers coach, I am I'm in on that. Yeah. So he was interviewed for the defense coordinator job. We know how that went, and now he's back for the linebacker coach job, which again probably means DJ Elliott's gone. It, but, and he should be. He should. I mean, he should be. Like you can't have this in t- this this terrible terror. The defense was bad all year. They had mm-hmm. they had a few bright splashes. They had one good game against the Dolphins. They had a couple good second halves against teams. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like the linebacking core was garbage. They it was garbage. To be fair, talent wasn't there, but the talent the constantly put in the wrong position. It was bad. Yeah, no, he should be. He should be. He should be very gone. But I I, I think that Fangio is going to bring in his own guys for the most part. Probably I would say probably eighty percent of the uh, coaches aren't aren't going to be there. That's why, like, when people like they after after they got rid of Brian Johnson, they're like, "Well, yeah, there's people in house that feel uneasy about it." It's like, as they should, mm-hmm. as they should. Yeah, you're gonna get fired. You're probably gonna feel a little bit bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, if the guy who's keeping you here is gone now, yeah, <laughs> I would probably feel pretty bad about it too. True indeed, my friend. True indeed. True indeed. Oh. Who do you got for this weekend? The uh the the two games we got two games on on Sunday uh the early game we got the Chiefs uh playing at Baltimore uh the Chiefs are four point underdogs who do you got in that one? The Ravens are the most physical team I've seen in a very long time. They they play football the way football is supposed to be played. They got a fair issue. They want to beat you up and they want to be have swagger where they're doing it. And the Ravens have always had swagger. Like yeah. and Harbaugh like kind of uh he kind of. He kind of uh, allows them to be who they are. So, oh, yeah. Very physical team and stuff. And as the season went on, I was like, I thought the ceiling was maybe the Eagles get to the Super Bowl, lose to Baltimore. Like, this is a good team, and I think it's their year. And we've already seen what they did to San Francisco, and I see nothing about San Francisco that makes me feel like something different is going to happen if they meet the Super Bowl again. Not a chance. Detroit, and I, I, I'm going to go and – I'm going to say Detroit's going to go in there and win. Detroit, I believe, at this point, Detroit, Detroit. – is, after watching what Green Bay did, and after seeing what I've seen from Mike Shan, uh, Kyle Shanahan all the time in the playoffs, they didn't play too well against Dallas, but they outlasted them two, a year ago, and they outlasted the Green Bay Packers. And I think Detroit will give them every opportunity to win the game, but I think Detroit makes more plays because they're playing with house money. There's no pressure on them. They're supposed to be losing, and. Right. I think they, I think, but whatever happens in the NFC, they're playing for second place. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're kind of just here for a good time at this point. And Baltimore, Baltimore's taking this thing. I, I agree. Uh, Obviously, counterpoint is uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, which you just, it's just the way that I've thought about this because I got Chiefs friends. I was like, the way that I've thought about this, if I'm the Ravens, you have to beat the Chiefs. You're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes. You have to beat the talentless roster that they have. Uh, cause I, I believe now Willie Gay is, uh, questionable to play. Like they, they have, they have some opportunity to, to absolutely carve up, uh, it's on offense alone is carve up that, that chief's defense and, and hopefully take the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Um, but we are due for a good, hilarious Patrick Mahomes interception and I'm going to relish in it. Patrick Mahomes is good. I know you call him a system quarterback, but yes. he's going to have to win this himself and, yep. I don't see how you can do it. Like he just doesn't have the guys around him to beat this Ravens defense. They they shut people down. Yeah, Ravens defense 
prides themselves on taking quarterbacks out of the game, whether they, it be schematically they, or physically. Quit. <laughs> yeah, that's what they did to Brock Purdy when they played. They just beat the ever-living hell out of him. Mm-hmm. As far as that Lions game goes, man, it would be great if the Lions win that game. It would be great. But they just give up so many explosive plays. They do. They just give up so many. It, it, this is one of these where I think it's. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Man, do I want them to win? Man, that would be so much fun. But I just, I just don't believe that they can. I think they can, but I in like if yeah. I, I can say I think the Lions are going to outright win this game, but I, I don't believe it. San Francisco should win. San Francisco probably will win, but Debo's playing. The Detroit Lions, man, those scrappy Lions and Dan Campbell. If they go in there and forget to look up at where they're playing and forget their Detroit Lions for about three hours. <laughs> just forget you're the Detroit Lions and go in there and just play football the way these guys have played football all season. They uh, 30. And if they can put up 30, they got a shot. I can't, I can't think of a bigger difference in head coach like philosophies between Kyle Shanahan and Dan Campbell. Kyle Shanahan, coward. Ooh. Kyle Shanahan's a coward. At that during that Green Bay game, uh, like was that before half where it took them four minutes to go 45 yards? If Dan Campbell's in that situation, he is throwing, he's going bombs, baby. He yeah. is, he is like, I'm, he, I'm a, I'm a go for a, I'm not even gonna fake, I will fake punt it on you, but I'm gonna go for it on fourth and fourth think, of my own and 20. I, I think that's the difference. I think Detroit's gonna empty the bag. They're going to go for it on fourth and goal. <laughs> They're going to be who they are all little season and everything. They're going to throw everything they got at this team, and that may be enough to win because I know they can put up 30. And I actually expect them to put up 30, even though this is outside. But it's something yeah. about this Lions team, man, and it's something about just the fact that I have seen Kyle Shanahan shrink too many times when the pressure gets tight. Oh, it's beautiful when he does. I yep. love it. Hopefully we get that. Hopefully we get that. Hopefully we get that. And uh, uh, the 49ers fans can just shut the hell up about everything. Um, I think that Debo will or Debo is going to play. I think that he won't be at 100%, probably gets hurt again because that's who he is. He's never, I believe, in five seasons in the NFL. He's never played a full season. Uh, so, yeah, I think that he'll uh, end up getting taken out. Uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson, uh, who – I uh, we we all loved and then we all hated him and then Oof. now that he's doing good and playing against the uh, 49ers, uh, everybody's a CJ GJ guy. So that's yeah. where we're at. Yeah. It's gonna be that's my favorite. It's the best. It's the best best football day on the calendar. Championship day. That's yep. my my favorite day. All right, you got anything else? I'm done. Awesome. Thank you guys very much for joining us on the Nest. Uh, we got the uh, championship games coming up. We'll have hopefully some uh, some coordinator news here, bef- or offensive coordinator news here before too awful long. Uh, find out what's going on. Get some more. Uh, get some more. Uh, I guess hopefully good news and and not not an offensive coordinator that makes you want to roll your eyes. But that's where we're at. Thank you guys very much for joining us. You have a good weekend. Go birds. <laughs>